Two Broke Watch Knobs podcast is an online discussion dedicated to urology and the in-depth coverage, review, and assessment of high-quality, affordable timepieces. There may be instances of strong language, and this podcast is intended for a mature audience. Sit back and enjoy. Hey, this is Mike. Hey, this is Kaz, and you are listening to Two Broke Watch Knobs. You've made it to episode 77. Michael, Michael, what's, Michael, what is, what is up? What is up? Can I just say how happy I am to have uh, an episode where it's just the two of us now? It's just the two of us. It's it's me and you. No one else. Shh, let it happen. It's just me and you. It's what family does. What family I, I, does. I did have fun with with <laughs> Dan and Christian, but yeah. sometimes it's it's nice to catch up. It's just, like it's like when you have company over and you want to make sure your place is tidy and that you don't slouch. But as soon as they're out the door, shoes come off, unbuttoned. You're just just slumped on the couch. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, because we did two interviews back to back, and uh, I'm just happy to do a uh, you know traditional TBWS episode. And we're also recording in the morning, which is <laughs> I, I, I kind of like it. I don't know. <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I just wish I had a proper drink. I've already had my coffee, so I'm in the weird nether zone of post coffee, pre lunch, and I recognize I need a drink right now, so I'm just drinking a glass of water, and it just, it just, I don't know, my life just feels so empty. That's how that, that that's how conditioned I've become to like soda, 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 and uh, and fucking coffee. You, you drink I mean? soda. You drink soda a lot. You know what's funny? We try not to have it in the house, and then uh-huh. for like, and then like when we're in like the grocery store or whatever, we're just like, ah, oh, let's let's live a little, and we'll get like 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 a fucking like IBC or whatever the fuck it's called, like root beer or cream soda, or there's a brand um that uh, uh it's it's like in delis up in uh, New York, like Dr. Brown's root beer or cream soda or shit, shit like that, huh. and so it's just like, oh yeah, we're gonna treat ourselves, and like like once that first soda is done. We're just like crack addicts, like we have to buy more soda. And we'll just go to the grocery store specifically to buy soda. And then we'll drink way too much of it. And then like our stomachs will get fucked up and then we'll just stop drinking soda until about two months later when we feel like living it up a little again. You know I mean? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Living on the edge. Drinking some soda. <laughs> that's how that's how far back my my, 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 my my pain conditioning memory will take me apparently. Two months. Did you do you drink soda? I, I don't think I've ever seen you drink soda. <clears throat> I don't drink soda often, um, except if we go to the movies. Uh, oh, then, that's a good time. Dude. Like, like, like soda and like popcorn or something like that. Yeah, because Nora is crazy about popcorn. She's insane about popcorn. My, um, my wife she, is too. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's just a particular thing or if it's like a wife thing. But no, I hear you. It might be a wife thing. I don't know. It could be. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I enjoy popcorn too, but I'm not inclined to like stab my mother for a bowl of popcorn. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like it's 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 a, it's a fervent popcorn following. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? She 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 would do that. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't bat an eyelash, man. But uh, but here we got super distracted. I'm super sorry. So episode 77. Hey, watch, ma'am. Um, really appreciate everyone's really kind words about the last two episodes. Like Michael was saying, we interviewed um Dan talking about military watches and his um specifically his his uh, his Bremont solo project. Fucking incredible, incredible Crazy. shit. Yeah. I mean, just it made me realize I've accomplished nothing, nothing with my life. <laughs> Roaming the earth for 31 years aimlessly like Cain without anything to my name except my past fucking sins of just being a knob job. 
Um, and the episode after that, we had Christian from Theo and Harris on. Also really cool, really a lot of fun to get his perspective on watch content and everything like that. And, and it's really nice to just have Mike and I here. Today's episode, we're bringing it back. We're, we're coming back with a topic that's always a lot of fun. We wanted to bring some kind of fun, cool structure to this week's episode. We are doing this week brands we know nothing about, <laughs> focusing on Mido. I think this is the third one we do, right? First one, yeah. The first one we did, first brands we know nothing about was on Rado. Rightfully so, because it's, it's a really great brand that no one knows anything about. And the second one was on Universal Geneve? Universal Geneve, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this is this is the third installment of the brands we know nothing about episode. So the way the the way the, the you know before we kind of go into our regular routines, the way the episode or the topic works is that Michael and I chose a brand that we just basically nothing about. We'd see it on Instagram or we'd see it on like a website or we'd see like a random watch review on some other websites or whatever. Um, but that was it. We didn't really know anything you know about about the brand. And so then we uh, we choose the brand. We go and do some independent research separately. We don't tell what we read about. We don't talk about whatever, whatever the bullshit is. We then come on air and we compare notes and we talk about the history of the brand, current state of the brand, and some fun current pieces um, just to share knowledge, just to kind of educate folks, just to also just get an idea of, you know, a lot of times, especially within watches, whenever you see a, like a watch brand and you've heard the name for a long time or even for a few years, the chances are pretty high. It's got some history behind it and it's, potentially something happened and then you know where like the message got muddled up or whatever but, it, but, 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 but regardless it doesn't matter it's 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 most of these brands do have history behind them even if you can't really tell by the pieces instead of the, some of the forward marketing so we thought mido um was a really really great candidate for that you know what i'm saying yeah yeah and i still mix them up with rado so <laughs> excellent opportunity then to differentiate the two <laughs> <laughs> they might they might even work with the same um pr firm so it gets even more confusing sometimes I feel, like a, I feel like a lot of these joints are a lot of these joints are just kissing the same uncle you know what i'm saying yeah yeah so it's it, it can it can get pretty confusing so i'm yeah. i'm happy i'm happy we're going to talk about them and it's also fitting because you know it during the whole storm of news early this year uh, you tend to forget the way that brands play up the importance of their releases, but 2018 is actually the brand's 100th anniversary. So they came out with a pretty nice spread of new models, like nothing, yep. not too much, but just what came out was really nice. And uh, the the newest watch that I think is pretty fun is uh, under a thousand. So um, it'll be cool to to talk about the brand, I think. That's the cool thing. A lot of the prices are around that mark, which I, I was not expecting that. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. So, but first, first we don't we 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 can't we can't anger the two book watch knobs or a lot or logical gods. We have to honor we have to honor tradition. Are you ready for the wrist check? I'm ready. Yeah. Here you go first, and then and then I'll go second. I had I had my coffee and I'm I'm good to go. I think uh, maybe. I wish I wish I had coffee. I mean I had <laughs> coffee earlier, but then my you know my hands started going numb, so I had to stop drinking it. <laughs> uh, well, today I'm wearing <clears throat> a. Um, a cool watch. I'm wearing uh, an Orion Calamity. And yes. This time I have the Orion Calamity Navy. So on the site, uh, maybe what was it last month or, or a little bit before we we had a so, quick, something like that. 
Yeah, we had a quick hanging out session with the Orion Calamity Black Dial. I took some photos, met up with Nick, and had a nice some nice first impressions. And now I have this loner, which has made its way around a couple press outlets. So I'm just uh, spending some time with it. And I got to tell you, man, I think this watch is, you know, kind of like brands like Manta. Mm-hmm. I think watches like this kind of have the ability to set the bar again for micro brands, um, especially small American micro brands like Manta, Raven, Orion. Yeah, it's no, totally. It's like nothing. It's like nothing I've ever handled from <clears throat> from a smaller brand. Uh, I'm just I'm just jealous that you got to hang out with it. I, I get I get that from a lot of people too. Some some people some people are messaging me on Instagram and they're like, oh my god, like it's cool that you're spending time with it because so many people want to see it in in person. Yeah. Um. And and you know, for uh, most certainly that's because of the price because the pre order is at fourteen ninety five right now. Okay. Which you know people are going to be kind of concerned about. Okay, why am I going to get this? instead of saving for something like Black Bay or like just going for like an Aura 65. So kind of like the same doubts we had with Manta when we saw them in person, it was like, okay, they all, I get, they all melted I get away. It. I, I totally yeah. got it. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, same, same thing with this watch. I met with Nick um, a while ago when, when I got the field standard for review and he was like, yeah, I'm doing a dive watch. I'm like, Okay, whatever. <laughs> like, sure you are. <laughs> um, you know, I thought when it came out, it was just going to feel like a micro-brand diver. Like, you know, you handle, like, a lot of these micro-brand divers, and, like, you almost start to feel the personality of the same, like, handful of manufacturers that are making the cases. Yeah, 100%, it, it's just, yeah. It's just not the case with this watch. It feels like something completely different in this whole arena of smaller micro brands and especially this is especially because it is so slim i actually think it might be the slimmest um i guess micro brand diver that's out there right now the only other watch that i think is kind of close in thinness is the just recently released tudor black bay 58 which i'll admit is a watch that i have been thinking about a lot like possibly even like saving up for yeah but well how thin is the calamity so the calamity let me just make sure that i have the correct numbers are you are you are you are you, are you producing your calipers <laughs> no no so it's 11.3 millimeters so that's pretty, that's pretty fucking thin actually and i think that's i think that's with that's with the crystal so wow. realistically it's a little bit thinner um, on the site, it says tapers between 10.5 to 11.3 millimeters. In okay, that's fucking incredible, actually. Jesus. For a so diver? Not, yeah, so not only not only is the watch super slim, when you, turn, when you turn it around and you take a look at the case back, from the side, you can see that there's quite a bit of curvature and contour. Yeah. And that just kind of... That coupled with with the the thickness just makes the watch 
you know how people are like, oh yeah, like I can hardly feel like I'm wearing a watch. Like you forget that you're wearing this watch. It's just, <laughs> it's really, really nice. So uh, also 40 millimeters, the lug to lug, lug to lug is 48 millimeters. Uh, the bracelet is all stainless steel, solid links, solid everything. And um, yeah, 20 millimeters. The clasp, I think I would have liked to see something nicer admittedly i don't think he's completely fine-tuned the clasp this this is a prototype that i have but something like the clasp that you get on like the montas that would be that would just be nuts um and the entire thing has a bunch of loom so the the bezel is loomed uh bgw9 and my favorite little like design quirk is the chevron for the pip at 12 because i don't think I, i just haven't seen that anywhere (laughs) <laughs> can, 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 can I just say I'm pretty sure the new technical specification now is a bunch of so it's got a bunch of loom which is yeah. the, uh, the, the those the, those are the, the super luminova BGW nine tech specs you know one bunch of yeah you one can bunch. you can put that on on tech specs yeah <laughs> one I'll have one bunch of please um, I didn't realize it was that thin though and the thing is it does seem super wearable I love seeing I love the, I love the photos that you got on the site and I was when I was looking at them when you first put it up when you were hanging out with Nick and I was just my the first thing I thought was like dude when you're looking at this case it doesn't seem like there was a part of the case he didn't think of I've seen plenty of like plenty of watch brands and plenty of watches where it's just like okay you can you can tell the kind of just like phoned in the back or they just like said yeah whatever for the sides but like I don't get that sense of the for the calamity that I feel like every and I say this in a positive way every inch of that case was micromanaged like it like 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 nothing was just kind of chosen frivolously like do you get that sense too correct and because of that through and through this watch 100% is an Orion watch That's so awesome. he, you know he he had the Orion project and the field standard and those watches had their own kind of look and I was fearful you know when he said he was going to come out with a diver that he would kind of do something that didn't look like his whole vibe and Mm -hmm. he he managed to do it especially with these huge crown guards and that like massive knurled crown and by the way i don't know if it's if it's a trait of the eta 2892 which is a little more high-end than your your casual eta right the (laughs) winding the winding is so nice it is it is the smoothest winding i've ever like messed with wow um that's so cool <laughs> and you know a good way i'm i know i'm gonna get in trouble for saying this but if you if you like the dimensions and the feel of like a 90s submariner like how small it is and those are actually quite thin as well so imagine if rolex tried to update the submariner with just a nicer more modern look and didn't put those huge lugs on it that's kind of that's what this watch reminds me of. I'm not saying it's like a Rolex or a Rolex quality, but kind of the aesthetic reminds me of that possibility. If Rolex cool. refreshed the Submariner without the massive fucking lugs. <laughs> uh, oh, and the the bezel is is like a matte is a matte ceramic. So there's there's a cool there's a cool kind of contrast between all the polished sparkly elements and just mm-hmm. that flat matte blue. It's it's really nice. That's so cool. How, how long do you have the watch for? Who knows? I don't want to keep it too long. Um, probably you know a little less than a month. Depends. Cool. Yeah. So that so that so that's a that, that's a review unit. It's been around like other reviewers and stuff. 
Yeah, I think I actually think this is the same one that they had over on Gearsite. Um, oh, word! Does yeah. it d- d- does it smell like um does it smell like musk and crotch sweat? Does it smell like it's been handled? It it does not. It does not. Oh, good, good. But I, okay. but I have re- I have received some smelly watches that have been around the block. <laughs> I'm sure you have. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It smells like a Bangladeshi goat farm in this goddamn box. Oh, okay. That's right. There's a watch in here. That makes sense. <laughs> Rock and roll, man. Rock and roll. But that's pretty cool. I, I um I'm interested to see more photos of the watch and I'm really interested to hear, you know, how the rest of the of the rest of the pre order goes and everything like that. I'm super excited for like all the people who have pre ordered already to get the watches and to just start taking their own photos. Like I feel like that's like the cool part. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you know, it's it's an uphill battle for any kind of smaller brand that prices anything over a thousand really. It's not it's not really just the thing with Nick. I mean, Monta dealt with it. Um, Geno or Genault or whatever you say. I mean, it's just... Genault? It happens, you know? Yeah. So, uh, also limited to 200 pieces, uh, 60 of each color. So, he's got the navy, he's got a green, and a black with a glossy bezel. Oh, cool. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. So, should be fun. How about you? Have you? Have you? Oh, um. Oh, one quick question. Have you contemplated putting that on like a NATO or like another strap, or or it does even have like drilled lugs to do that if you wanted to? Um, I've thought about it, but it's such a good fit with the bracelet. No. Yeah. This, nice. This has to be on the bracelet. That's cool. I um. I'm not wearing anything new. I'm wearing my 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 uh, Seiko Samurai um Blue Lagoon Blue Lagoon Samurai. You know. I still think about that orange one. The orange one looks pretty cool, you know. I I, I decided to actually wear this today because I don't think I've like I feel like I haven't worn it worn it in a while because I also need to size, um, I still need to resize the bracelet. Um, so basically like like a, like a series of events happened and originally the bracelet was sized for me and it was perfect. I had I had um, I had Joe Kirk do it in the Miami boutique, and then a series of events occurred um, to where basically. Uh, out of my control, all the links were put back on the bracelet, <laughs> mm. and um, I had, I then had to go and um, have someone size it. I could size it myself, but it's such a pain in the ass. Like I sized my sumo bracelet myself, and it's it's pin and collar, you know what I mean? So it's just like all these little parts, and like I know I'm gonna lose something, and it's just it's it's uh, yeah, just a pain in the ass, you know what I mean? So right now I have it on a toxic NATO. Um, but yeah, I haven't worn it in a while. I thought it'd be cool to wear it again. I mean, it's a great watch. It's really a lot of fun. It, it's, it's, we, we were talking about this before also. It just kind of reminds me of some of like the fun stuff that Seiko will do. You know what I mean? Like these fun sort of like under $600 like limited edition things and everything like that, you know? Mm-hmm. But, um, I wore, so I'm, I'm going to use this to like transition into like the, like the next sort of talking point. Use my wrist to do that. But I wore, or I brought this to... Uh, San Francisco. So I was traveling. I was traveling last week. Um, I was traveling for work, and so I think I put the call out on one of the shows um, that I was like, "Hey, blah blah blah, gonna be in San Francisco. Who wants to hang out?" So um, uh, a huge shout. I'll, I'll do proper shout. Nobody. Later. No <laughs> one answered me. My mom said, "I still love you." And I'm like, "Get out of here, mom. You don't live in San Francisco, you know." Um, <laughs> my mom thinks I'm cool. You know. I don't know. If, I don't know if anyone else watches this, or has watched The Simpsons. I'm sure most everyone has, but. Um, <laughs> I brought this with me to San Francisco and everyone agrees. Everyone that touched the watch agrees. And I want to figure out if I can fix it. This bezel is way too tight. It's it like, is, it's it like is quite tight. Yeah. It's right. It's like the jar of pickles of the bezel world. It's like, I understand it's supposed <laughs> to function, but it's just too fucking tight. I just wanted a pickle. 
Michael. That, you know that was the saying? first. That was the first thing I noticed when I handled it in uh, New York. When, yeah, when you brought it, the bezel is too tight, and so <laughs> I have a couple theories. I don't know if maybe there's just something with like the spring adjustment, or maybe at first I thought maybe like the grips, like the knurling on the on the, on the bezel was the issue. The knurling definitely. I don't think it's hurting it. I can. I feel like I can grip it decently, but there's just too much resistance. I mean, do you? I mean, Michael, do you know of any way I can like? fix this time i mean like is, is that something that i could have done or i'm just kind of fucked i don't Not know anything fucked, i don't know anything about doing mods to like dive bezel i know you can break it it'll feel can, different like you can just pop it off i don't know i could i could just boil it <laughs> just boil it <laughs> just boil it right you know if we just want to boil it all they should you know just pop right off right well no no not, not, not like modding but if i if i call up like a like the boutique or like the ad and be like hey can your watch servicer like i don't know dial back the rpms on my bezel like I don't <laughs> <laughs> it, it might be worth you know since since you purchased it from the boutique directly it might be worth just calling the the one in miami see if they have any advice yeah Oh yeah, I, I, or but yeah, I guess that's not a bad idea. But but yeah, everyone everyone categorically agreed that that touch this bezel. The bezel is just is just way too tight. It was funny they would turn this bezel be like, oh, this is way too tight, and I'd be like, oh, dude, turn turn the sumo bezel, and they'd be like, yeah, that's that's where the bezel's supposed to be at. You, know, you can brought, sub, you can submerge it in like chicken grease if you want. I did I did make sesame chicken last night, so I do have some of like the wok oil and the and the chicken fat left. I think somewhere. Yeah, you can give that a try. This is good. This is good vegan talk, right? Oh, by the way, speaking of advice like that, <laughs> public public service announcement. PSA, um, TVW's PSA. There's a there's a new user on the Reddit watches thing. Um, okay. And the username is like bad watch advice. Oh, that's uh, awesome. <laughs> yeah. Somebody posted like a like a sea dweller or something and it was like the top comment and it was like, Oh, it'll be more valuable if you polish it and replace all the old components with <laughs> new ones. <laughs> the potential hazard of not reading a username on Reddit. Every time I read a comment and it's even even if it's like one percent ridiculous, I have to check the username. I'm like, I have to see the username. <laughs> oh, okay. So you know. How, you know, how to get fired.com. Okay, yeah, I'm not listening to that guy. <laughs> but sorry, I, I just remembered that. Pr proceed. <laughs> no, we got to get bad watch advice on the show to see if he can't help me figure out some way to, to use like a fucking like chicken grease injector to fix my bezel. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, man. Or whatever you do. But yeah, um, I brought this to San Francisco. Uh, I brought my Sumo. I brought the SNK. I brought a bunch of Russian stuff, probably 3133. Bought the Christmas Chrono. People got to kick out the Christmas Chrono. Um, but yeah, I want to do. I, I, I want to do shoutouts. Is it okay if we spend a little bit of time talking about San Francisco? Of course. Yeah, I want to hear more. I want to do shoutouts to to everyone I was able to meet up with. So huge shoutouts to to Geekster. Huge shoutouts to Cameron Last. I met up with you guys. You guys showed me really really good time. You didn't touch my penis. So that's definitely a fucking plus as far as I'm concerned. You know what I'm saying? Always. Always, unless unless it's been pre-discussed and arranged beforehand for some reason, you know what I mean? Then whatever, dude. You know what I'm saying? It's just three, <laughs> it's just three cool dudes talking about wrist sizes, man. Um, we met up at some bar or whatever, and uh, it was funny because we had all the table, we had all the, all the watches out on the table, and like people are looking at us, and so this is like the first time I'd ever like, I'd ever like what like 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 hung watch dong in front of someone, you know what I'm saying? So. People are looking and like someone next was just like, oh, do you have like a, do you have like a watch brand? It's like, no, we're just, we're just a bunch of assholes. That's, that's all it is, man. You know what I'm saying? 
Um, we're just a bunch of dudes talking about watches, but that was a lot of fun. That was the first time I really, really got to sit, sit and like look at very hard look at a turtle. Because I think I've seen yours before. It's not even. It's, 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 not, a, it's, it's not a metaphor. I mean the sacred turtle guys. Come on. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I thought that, but um, it was the first time I got to really just like 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 look and get my eyes and hands uh, on a on a turtle. Um, Geekster had his. It's a cool watch, man. It's bigger than I thought. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it is. It is much bigger than I expected. But I was doing like a side by side with my uh, with my sumo, and it was pretty cool. So huge shout outs to um, Geekster and Cameron Laz. That was so cool. Um, uh. Let me think. Who else? Huge shout-outs to Eric Strickland. Got to hang out. That was really a lot of fun. Uh, huge shout-outs to Chrono Plaid. Chrono Plaid? Bro, I never know. I should really, like... If you guys... If should, each and every single... Plaid. Chrono Plaid. Yeah. Chrono Plaid? Okay. Just to, just, just to, if each and every one of you can and email me the phonetic pronunciations of every single one of your usernames, that would be, like... That'd be rock and roll, man. That'd be really convenient. So I wouldn't have to, like, choke... Choke on air, you know? But um, you Care, to, careful what you wish, wish careful. for. <laughs> you have a busy 400, inbox. <laughs> Four hundred phonetic emails, one dong picture. I can guarantee you right now that's what's about to happen. You know what I'm saying? Uh, man, but yeah, huge shout outs. Also, the hugest, the hugest shout out, the hugest shout out of all, Michael of all goes to GTS Derek. You know why? Why? Because GTS Derek showed me the promised land gts derek showed me the coolest thing in san francisco that i did not know existed what is that i've never been he showed me the walt disney family museum oh cool i did i did not know it was there um independently of hanging out with the watch fam my experience in san francisco was odd very odd <laughs> not um not quite what i expected um you know what I'm saying? A what little. Was, what was the name of that place you said? The 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 sausage, the tenderloin, the tenderloin. Yeah, dude, the tenderloin was interesting. That's where I hung out with Chronoplatz. So okay, so here's what's really funny. Um, I'll get to the Disney Family Museum in a second. So every single person told me to avoid the tenderloin. I hung out with Chronoplatz there. So like, I'm 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 like texting or DMing him, and he's like, he's like, yeah, dude, let's hang out. You know, I'm in the tenderloin, and I'm just like, mm, all right. <laughs> Once, once again onto the breach, you know what I'm saying? Like, all right, dude, <laughs> let's go for it, man. And so we get there, and the place is filthy. It is. So there's, there's. I'm on the Wikipedia right now, and one okay. of the one of the featured images uh, has a, I guess, some kind of heat map. San Francisco's Tenderloin, as seen on a map that tracks reports of human feces. Blue dots represent reports in any given month. Uh-huh. And an inordinate amount of shit was on the road. And I assumed it was human because for every log of shit that was on the road, there was like a homeless person as well. So mm -hmm. I can like, I can one, one assume. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 I could have gone like full Vincent D'Onofrio and tried to track which, which homeless person left which log. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I couldn't. I had, I had to hang out with Chronoplatt. And so um, we meet up there, and it was odd. My experience in San Francisco up until then was very strange. It's um, a lot of the city just like felt abandoned. The city was uh, the city was clearly like at one point, one hundred percent across the board in 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 the tumultuous lovers' throw of gentrification of, okay. of 
neighborhood city gentrification, you know. Um, and then some places stopped, some places didn't stop, some places decided to just do their own thing, and so some parts of the city, it just it just straight up looks like Escape from L.A. Or, or Escape from New York, wherever the fuck it is, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, really bad, like, everything looks abandoned. Um, some parts of it just look like, like, it's very cool, there's lots of activity, there's lots of, like, walking around, you know what I mean? Some parts just look straight up abandoned. Like, where I was staying, um, I guess I was staying in, like, the touristy area. It was very, like, there was a good concentration of folks near, like, Fisherman's Wharf, because I think that's, like, the touristy area. Okay. But, like, where my hotel was, it was, like, there wasn't really, like, a lot of, like, 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 like humans. There was traffic, but I don't count traffic as humans, you know what I mean? <laughs> the one thing I did see, um, I, I thought of, I actually thought of, uh, I, I thought of Fred Nicholas when I saw this. By the way, shout out to Fred Nicholas. He wrote a really, really great piece on the website. Um, about the Nomos Club Campus. Go and check it out. It's called Defending the Nomos Club Campus, colon, How Do You Do, Fellow Kids? <laughs> <laughs> if that title doesn't sell you, sell you enough, I don't know what will. Go check it out. So I actually thought of Fred Nicholas because uh, um, he has a hashtag. Hashtag meaningful somehow. Okay. I'm walking on the streets. Um, I'm just walking somewhere. And I see in the area there in San Francisco, and I think in other parts of the country, they have that Amazon... Um, Fresh delivery will like you can like order um order uh Whole Foods groceries through yeah. Amazon you know yeah and they'll bring it to you in like an Amazon fresh like paper <clears throat> like 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 grocery paper bag you know mm-hmm. uh, I saw one of those um slumped on the side of the on the of the road you know bu- bulging with girth of encumbrance like there was something in it there was something in it you know what I mean and I, from far away I thought it was like a sheet or like a pillow you know. And so I'm walking closer. I'm walking closer. I'm doing the I'm doing the I'm doing the New York thing, which no one else was doing. I had my hands in my pockets and I kept my head down with my headphones. I, I must look like an asshole, you know what I mean? <laughs> but whatever. My, my, my hands in my hoodie pockets. And so I'm getting closer to the bag, and I'm I'm just like I'm expecting to see a pillow. Nope, not a pillow. Dead dog. God, dude. just a. <laughs> In an, in an Amazon fresh bag? In an Amazon fresh grocery bag. The the, the, dis, the discarded remnants of someone's loved furry friend. I think it was a Yorkie? It was hard to tell because um, the the throes of decay had pulled the skin of its, of its lips past its teeth. So it was just stuck in like a decayed death grimace. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like I'm just like dude los 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 paros dios mertos dude like that's that's some intense shit I was just not prepared for oh, you know man. what I mean this fucking dog's discarded corpse in this Amazon fresh grocery delivery bag and really? so I thought of Fred Nicholas's you know hashtag meaningful somehow <laughs> sorry. So, so, you know, and then, and then, you know, where I had to like be for work was in the mission and like, that was really cool. There's like coffee shops and like grass and shit like that and like trees and really cool places to eat and everything. Um, so all of that in contrast to when I finally made it to the Tenderloin was interesting. The Tenderloin in some very strange way seemed the most authentic part of San Francisco. Hmm. You know what I mean? No one's putting, no one's putting on airs. No one gives a shit. The place is pretty thrashed, but when you get there, within 10 seconds, you got a pretty good idea of what this place is about. You know what I mean? It's easier for me to, it's easier for me having spent so much time in New York to get a grasp of San Francisco from the Tenderloin, you know? Cool. 
but it was pretty cool. And yeah, yeah, I hung out, hung out with Chronoplat. That was really cool. But yeah, so I, 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 I got super digressed by dog corpses. Um, I think it was a Yorkie. It really is hard to tell when something's like rotting. <laughs> oh man. I just had so many questions. Was it like someone's dog that died on a walk and so they just put it in a bag and went about their day? Was it like hit by a car and someone wanted to like try and give it a proper burial? So they just stuck it in like the bag. Where'd they get the bag from? You know what I mean? Like, like was it their bag? They just steal someone <laughs> else's bag? Like I had, I had so many questions about this dog corpse, bro. You know? We may never know. We may never, we're never going to know. It's probably still there. <laughs> If anyone's hanging out over in Russian Hill, can you look for a dog corpse near Franklin? If anyone can, if anyone can like let me know if it's still there, that'd be rock and roll, dude. That'd be really nice. All right. <clears throat> Fuck, was I talking about? Oh yeah, huge, the biggest Michael, the biggest shout out of all to GTS Derek for showing me the Disney Family Museum. Quite possibly the coolest tourist thing I did while I was there. Remember all the awful, disgusting shit about, I said about the tenderloin? Made up for it. Completely opposite of where the Disney Family Museum is. The Disney Family Museum is an area called the Presidio or the Presidium. So it apparently used to be like a military base, and now it's been like turned into like a neighborhood. And there's lots of museums there, and they have like grass and stuff, you know. And so the museum was incredible. Um, it was a little expensive to get in for a museum. It was like twenty five bucks, you know. Hmm. Okay. But it was it was it was. It was an incredible experience. I felt bad going like like without my wife. So like as I was going through, I was like sending her pictures and stuff like that. So so it was kind of like she was with me. Um, but it goes through like the like like Walt Disney's life, like with his great grandparents and his grandparents and his parents, and then you know his life and everything like that. And so it's basically like a walking tour of like the different stages of his life, like the ups, the downs, mainly downs. You know, for being real, um, yeah. just about just about the guy's life and everything. And it was just. It was like a two and a half hour, three hour experience. And like towards the end, when like you start getting towards his death, I'm like, I'm getting very like emotional and I'm like, I'm not crying. You're crying. You know what I mean? I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, cause they, they really take you. It's a wonderful immersive experience. Like just through all of it. They talked about like, especially a lot of like the, the technical innovations that he really worked with when he was doing early motion picture and like early, you know, motion cartoon animation and things like that. And it was, um, it was incredible. It was uh, it was such a great surprise because I had no idea it was there, you know. And it wasn't until GTS Derek told me it was up. So, dude, huge shout out, huge mad props for showing me that place because it was because it was it was it was incredible, you know. Yeah, yeah, I saw some of the uh, story segments from there. It, was, it looked like a cool place. I I, I put story segments up. Nice, I, nice. Yeah, yeah, you did. Good job, good job, Pascaz. Always <laughs> looking out. Always looking out for the feed. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, but um, but what else? No, I mean, otherwise it was just um, huge thank you to everyone that I met up with there. Um, huge thank you to everyone that was just like telling me stuff and like you know being like, oh yeah, look for this place. Don't look at this place. So that was that was really that was really cool, you know. Pretty is sweet. There anything, is there anything I'm forgetting about San Francisco? I'm glad oh. he survived. I'm glad I survived too. I wasn't sure at certain points, man. It just you know, I just wasn't sure. I will say, um, you you made this comment that you think they brew coffee stronger there. I think they, I do think they do, because like I only one cup in, I would start like turning a little Michael J. Fox. You know what I'm saying? Like I would get a little, oh, a little more like amped and shaky than I normally would. It's uh -huh. a very, it's a very inappropriate joke. I do apologize for that. <laughs> I don't, that's the first thing I thought of. So yeah, I, I do apologize for that. Um, but like one cup would definitely take me like three or four cups worth. Like normally, I feel like. 
<laughs> but how does that how does that work? How can one cup be stronger than another cup? Is that like like a method, like a brewing method thing, or like a bean family thing? Or maybe it was just maybe it was just jet lagged. Who knows, man? The world will never know. Dude, I'm not really you know? sure. I, I try okay. to make it nice at home, but other than that, I don't know much. <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, I will say I don't think I had a bad meal while I was there. And even in the even in like the tenderloin, um, uh, Chronoplad and I were hanging out in this joint. Um, had like breakfast burritos, and it was they were really good. <laughs> yeah, like I don't think I had a bad meal, uh, bad meal while I was there. Nice. You know, had some had some probably probably like the best Korean tacos of my life. They were also twenty dollars. You know, Oof. that's pretty that's pretty heavy for uh, for two tacos. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, but it was a lot of fun. Huge thank you to everyone. So shout outs again. Geekster, Cameron Laz, uh, Eric Strickland, um, Chronoplaid, you guys and GGS Derek, you guys are the best. Huge, huge, huge prep, huge props. And and technically Ranch Racer. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Um just help me out with information about the city and everything like that. You know what I mean? Um cool. I think that's everything. Is, is there any watch news we need to cover, or should we just dive should we just should we just dive in to, to Mido? You know, Mido. There's still there's still kind of a um, quiet phase happening right now. I, that there aren't where you're not really seeing too many releases after Basel. Okay. But uh, yeah, yeah. Not. I think we can jump into Mido. Let's talk about. Let's. Okay. It is time. It is time for us to return to watch brands we know nothing about. So before we even start talking about what we've researched with Mido. Michael, what the hell did you know about Mito before we started researching? <laughs> I knew that I would constantly mix them up with Rado. And <laughs> four, four letters, they both end in O. I hear you. <laughs> and and every time I look up the watches, they're always less expensive than I thought they would be. Which is a nice well, a nice thing. So Yeah. Yeah, totally. Cause I think some of those Rado pieces were like it was pretty normal to see them up in like the thousands or two thousands, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Sometimes, I, yeah, when they experiment with like this ceramic stuff that they do, they they get really expensive. I think. Yeah, like like you know, black ceramic diastar made from Darth Vader's helmet or whatever. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, that shit gets expensive. Sure. That makes yeah, sense. yeah. You know. Yeah, honestly, super similar experience. I I I don't think I ever mixed them up with Rado, but for some reason, I always associate them with one of my parents because I've heard one of my parents talk about them. I heard. Um, I've heard my mom talk about Tiso, and I think I've heard her talk about Mido as well. And I don't know, like this when I was very young. So for some reason, every time I hear Mido, I like, I like, you know, I'll, I'll think of that. I, I, I didn't know anything about the brand. Every now and then, I'd see like a random piece, or I know they're trying to be more on like social media now, so they're doing like posts every now and then now. But I just, um, I always sort of. I had the inclination that they were like one of those like quartz crisis watches, but I didn't really understand. And we'll talk about that later. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? So, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, very, very, very similar boat. I think every time I hear about one of the pieces or I heard one of the pieces, I would go and like look for shits and giggles to see how much it was. And it was, it was way more affordable than I thought it was going to be. You know, was it, was it Rado or Mito? I, we had some people write in to tell us, mm -hmm. um, I, I think they're, popular in some parts of the Middle East, uh, some parts of Pakistan, and also parts of India. I don't know if it was Mito or if it was Rado. I believe it's Rado. Okay. 
Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you, you can get there, some cool I'm mixing it, mixing them up again. <laughs> there you go, dude. I think, yeah, I think you can get some cool vintage Rado, uh, yeah, Rados and like, um, from like sellers and like, like eBay sellers in like India and things like that. And I've heard my parents, I think I've heard my parents say that as well about Rado. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm looking now and it actually is pr- pronounced Mito, which is, um, I guess taken from, from Spanish. I saw the, that. Yeah. yeah. I, I measure is like me though. Like, yeah, like I measured yeah. something. Okay. So we're saying it right. I was scared I wasn't, about that too. <laughs> right. Well, I wasn't sure if it was like Mido, like trust the Midas touch, like Mido, you know what I'm saying? But it's, it is, it is Mido. But yeah, I, when I saw that, that, that helped me confirm as well. But you know what's funny? So this, the word is taken from Spanish, but the brand is Swiss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Is that, was that like fashionable to use Spanish words? <sighs> That's a good question. I'm not really, know. I'm not really sure. It, but um, I, I think the guy was also Swiss. The the guy that that founded it, um, whose name I can't remember. Maybe maybe he has Spanish heritage some way. Who knows? Uh, who I, knows I, if that was popular? I don't know. I do love the idea though that the, the, the so 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 Mito, you know, basically like or like yo Mito, I measure. You get the sense, and this is something that I didn't realize when I until I started researching that there is like some serious orological like innovation in the history of the brand but in a way that's really i think interestingly different so um you saw also the brand started in what 1918 i wrote yeah. down yeah yeah so 1918 started with the guy's name i can't remember it doesn't matter but the name was the, the the name comes from um i measure so what i thought was cool and actually actually a huge so huge shout out to the mito uh website which is really not that bad Excellent. Yeah. Compared to other watch brand websites that are just like, like you open it and music starts playing and it's like an ocean and then like some watches come out of the ocean oh, and all, all I want to do is click on your contact page to tell you how much I fucking hate your website, but I can't because I got to watch the goddamn Flash movie first. <laughs> that is not, that's not the, that's not the Mito website experience. It's actually quite nice. Um, so a huge shout out to the Mito watch uh, website. Um, it's really good. There's actually cool history information. Um, there's an obvious dark spot around the Quartz Crisis era, but you know, whatever it is, what it is, we'll talk about that later. But, um, what I thought was fun and I got this from the website is that basically they started making like, like ladies watches, but what I thought was interesting and I don't know how common this was. They were, they started doing, um, men's watches, but sort of in the spirit of like automotive cars becoming popular, you know, 1918, early 1920s, 30s, and everything like that. They yes. started making watches that looked like the grills or that were inspired by the grills of some of those cars. Yeah. I feel like that's, that, that, that's a particularly modern thing we, we, we would see these days. I mean, but you correct me. You know more than I do. No, no, you're, you're correct in assuming that. And it's interesting to see this uh, in like the early 1920s. Yeah. When so we, cool. usually, we usually associate that that whole kind of car watch connection more around the sixties and the seventies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even today with the automotive inspired brands coming out or like old racing chronograph reissues. So yeah, pretty, pretty fun uh, kind of take on design overall. And just another thing that I did not know they did. <laughs> you know, I, 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 had, I had no idea, but the thing is, so it, it, what I thought was cool also is so if I, those are very much like design inspired beginnings, but like throughout the whole, I guess from then to about the, what was the course crisis? The seventies? Yeah. Late seventies, early eighties. Late seventies. Yeah. Take a last round, all this stuff. There were some pretty cool, like 
technological innovations and there's one really fun like marketing thing i want to bring because we're because we're because we're, we're we have a marketing background so it's, it's 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 a lot of fun but um you tell me if you think this is cool there okay. is a point in time where i was on, i saw on the website they started using cork in the crowns to improve like water resistance yeah i did not know that <laughs> i had no idea about that either but to me, that said, showed me that it's just not it's there. It's not just about creating a watch that looks cool to them. There really was really fun like technology innovations that they were working for and everything like that. What I thought was really interesting was learning about the specific pieces because there are pieces that I'll hear about these days in like modern Mito on like the because they have an Instagram now and on the website. But I didn't realize like the heritage they have. And I think the first you correct me if I'm wrong. I think the first like take off breakout piece they did was the multifort multifort i think so too i'm not entirely sure but it does it does seem that way and if like this ad here we we might be looking at the same one if it mm -hmm. is from the mid 30s and they're promoting that cork thing that's pretty impressive because I, I mean you hear about the big kind of dive watch battles more during the 50s 50s 60s yep yeah, and this this whole like cork, um, I, they call it the aqua dura system, which is also kind of Spanish uh, translates it is like Spanish. hard hard water. Um, That's yeah. so funny. They were they were doing this kind of like uh, watertight stuff pretty pretty early on. I think the multi fort was the best selling Mito watch from the 1930s to the 1950s. So they got a lot of mileage out of it. It, it was. Um... I guess it was an automatic movement. It says self-wound. Is that what automatic movement means? Yeah, I mean, I guess. Water resistance, <laughs> anti-magnetic. I mean, the the watch seemed pretty cool. I mean, if in terms of like 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 back then, if you were looking for something that you could rely on, that was like had good value proposition. It makes sense. I just didn't realize the multifort like history went that far back because this is where the disconnect happens. This is where the disconnect happens with a lot of these brands and the post quartz crisis bullshit when they're like under Swatch or wherever else. They just look like fashion brands these days. Yeah. Yeah. This ad, by the way, is either in all Spanish or all Portuguese. I have no idea. Really? That's interesting. interesting. That yeah. is pretty interesting, actually. If someone knows, if someone knows why the brand seems to have some kind of um, potentially Spanish leanings, let us know what's up. Because the great thing about the brands we know nothing about segment is that it's two-way learning. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, we're we're literally learning as we record this. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the fun. That's what I love about it. You're looking at an ad. So the multifert was basically the piece, like like Mito's piece from the 30s to the 50s, and then it started to wane a little bit. And I guess this is around like the dive watch era and things like that. Um, before I talk about like the next sort of big um big watch that came out, which is still around today. Did you see the Mito robot, Roby? Yes. Yeah. I is thought I thought at first that it was just like <laughs> something that they put up on the site for no reason. But yeah. Yeah, He's it's, got it's actually a thing. Roby or Robbie? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so okay. So just to clarify, so so the Mito robot or Roby as he was named was like was a character, was like a marketing character that Mito had used, and he was in like, um, he was in like, 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 like full page ads. He was in like comic strips, and he was a robot with a big Mito clock in his chest. And like, it's just, it's, it's incredible because <laughs> I guess they were, I guess they were trying to show that it's like how technologically innovative the watches are by having like this 
this vaguely fast food-esque automaton looking cartoon robot do things and like i'm, lo I'm looking at it now and it looks hilarious but I, it just made me realize dude in like 50 years when people look back and they see the like the futuristic advertisements of like space astronauts or like aliens that we have in our shit these days they're gonna think we're ridiculous just like we think Modi or Roby, the the Mito robot is ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? Well, it makes me wonder, and you might you might know more about this if if it leaks into like comics or graphic novels and stuff. Like, when did we start getting really upset with uh, not upset obsessed with um, like space age design? Because like if you look at something like the Space Needle in Seattle, that that was until like 1962 World's Fair, and and that was. To me, like the pinnacle of everything looking like the Jetsons, whether it was like cars or buildings <laughs> and stuff like that. If this was if this was 1939, like how far back did that go? I mean, maybe well, they were just trying to get in on that. Well, was 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 the Roby was the Roby Mito robot in the 30s, late 30s? It says 1939 here on the uh, 1939 to and then 54, I guess. When was the first man in space? The 50s? With uh, G uh, Gagarin, I thought that was sixties. Sixties? It could be. Well, because the thing is, usually, um, with 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 popular media, especially with comic books, the whole space alien thing started happening around the time that men were going into space. That was always my conception, but I could be wrong. It could be. It could be earlier. The space kind of, you know, fast sci-fi fascination could be earlier. I mean, the thing is, I mean, well, technically, you can make the argument that sci-fi um, novels and things like that existed in, like, the 1800s. Sci-fi fantasy, the genre, as a genre, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. But specifically with, like, with that, 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 that kind of touch that you're talking about with, like, the robots and, like, the flying saucers and all that crap like that. Mm -hmm. I always thought that was the 50s, and so I, I maybe Mito was ahead of the curve. Maybe they thought, you know... It just made sense to have Roby the Mito robots. <laughs> fun, fun, fun looking robot. Kind of looks like a happier version of that. I always forget the name of the movie. Um, I don't know. The really sad one with the big Iron Giant thing. Iron Giant. I thought he looked kind of looked like a like a like a like a less rapey version of Bender from Futurama. <laughs> that's yeah. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> right. He looks yeah. like Bender from Futurama, but like but like less abrasive. <laughs> Yeah, dude, I'm looking at it right now. This guy's awesome. Yeah, cute, cute yeah. little, cute little character for uh, for their marketing. What I love is I'm looking at a picture of him right now. So he's got a big Mito watch on his chest. His chest is a timepiece, but he's looking at the time on his wrist. He's not wearing a watch on his wrist. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> where where were you on that marketing department? <laughs> but I thought that robot was absolutely hysterical. So. So from the multi four came out in the thir in thirty four, and then around the fifties it started sort of losing ground because this whole big dive watch thing started going on. And so what I thought was really really cool, I found a great wuss um, thread that I'll send you the link for unless you found it too, talking about some of the behind the scenes things that were happening with the innovations to help Mito sort of enter like the waterproof dive watch thing. And basically it was um, the idea of the single shell case but like very particular obviously for them and it was first it was first featured in the watch called the commander so this is where it got this is where i got confused and why i really appreciated the opportunity to do the research there was a watch in the 40s that came out called the ocean star which still exists today 
Yes. Um, it wasn't really that big of a deal. But then when this single shell case thing came out around 58 or 59, it was much more waterproof. And then for some reason, that single shell case was also then featured in the Ocean Star. And so those two in tandem were basically popular as like waterproof or like Mido's, you know, take on the dive watch thing. You know what I mean? And we still see the Ocean Star today. The Ocean Star is still around today and is fucking awesome. <laughs> well, it's kind of confusing though, because if we take a look at this old Ocean Star ad that we're probably both seeing right now, mm -hmm. the Ocean Star today just kind of looks like a sport dive watch kind of Submariner-esque thing. Right. And then the Commander, the modern Commander line looks like these um, old Ocean Stars. So... Yeah. Um, I really, really like Pebble. Almost like these like Pebble cases. They look really cool. They're um, pretty cool looking. Yeah. Yeah. Different different take on a, you know, I don't know if this thing was like meant for going in the water or if they were just kind of pushing water resistance in general. But um, yeah, fun, fun looking, even almost modern for their time. Well, I mean, definitely, definitely it feels modern just in regards to like the kind of how simple and straightforward the dial is but mm -hmm. when i see like a waterproof ish sort of like tough watch like this which is what i imagine it's supposed to be i'm just i'm just reminded of those omega seamaster 30s you yes. know what i mean yes those things those things were supposed to be really tough watches but at the same time they wanted them to be wearable they wanted literally they wanted some of the people to go to war with it and then still come back and go to their day job after 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 all, all the horrible shit they had to see and do. You know what I'm saying? So like that was that was sort of my reading when I saw these original iterations, mm -hmm. what they look like, and then seeing the new one. Unfortunately, it's just you know the new new dive new newer modern dive watches. There's just always going to be some kind of I don't know submariner sort of look to it. I mean that's just that just goes to I guess, it sells. It sells. It sells. It does sell. It's familiar <laughs> and accessible, but still potentially like different enough, you know, if you do things, uh, uh, you know, uniquely, uniquely. But so once the multi-fort, multi-fort, I know what I'm saying that right, <clears throat> sort of fell out of fashion. It was this Ocean Star Commander thing, the single shell case, which is super interesting to me. I love that. I love the idea of just like the one piece case front loading watch. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I feel like it's sort of scary for people, especially like watch people now who are generally very geeky because your first thought is you know, how the fuck do i service it like is that normal like are most watch techs trained to service vintage watches that are front loading you know what i mean it's probably probably something they don't encounter every day probably not i saw a great video online um because the new um the new iteration of the Rivka MTP1 case is front-loading. Used to have yeah. a case back, doesn't anymore. Um, it helps me just kind of keep everything contained, so it's all front-loading. And you have to use a crystal claw tool to get it because it's a big crystal dome. But um, when I was researching the process on how to really just do a front-loading case effectively, I saw a great video online. I think it was on a Bulova. Bu why can't I say that brand name properly? Bulova? Why do you say it? How do you say it? I say Bulova. Bulova. Yeah, if that's if that's how you say it, that's how I say it because you're right. So 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 <laughs> below, that's fine. Um, basically, I think the way it worked is you could disengage the stem because it was a two piece stem. So like they counter turned the stem, and it like unhooked, and then they took like an air syringe, put it in like the the hole where the where the stem was, and they just pushed air in, and the crystal and the crystal popped off. Hmm. 
and they were able to, and then they were then able to like take out the movement because the stem wasn't there anymore and everything like that. I thought that was so cool. Um, it is not that complicated to take the crystal off of the MTP one. I just want to reassure everyone. <laughs> uh, it's nowhere, nowhere near as 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 complicated as that. But um, but I always thought that was pretty cool, and I had no idea that these Mido Ocean Stars or these Commanders, whatever the fuck, you know what's funny? They call the modern Ocean Star. I think it's called the Ocean Star Commander. I captain. think even oh oh is, is it Captain? I think Ocean Star. There's an Ocean Star and Ocean Star Captain. Where's the Captain come from? Who's Captain? I, didn't I don't know. I research. don't know who the Captain is. See, Who's Captain Cap- and Captain Cook. That's even more confusing. That's a that's a Rado thing. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Maybe maybe Mito's just trying to ride on the imaginary <laughs> coattails of Rados. Like, listen, guys, I got it. Who is it, this captain? Right? <laughs> I got it. <laughs> guys, I got it. All right. Let's just do what Rado does. Everyone loves Rado, uh, sir. It's 2014. No, shut up. Everyone loves Rado. All right. <laughs> Let's do what Rado does. But um, I thought this was pretty cool also. So, you know, we see fun design things. We see cool innovation things. And then I feel like this was like the cool sort of like combination of the both of both of them. Did you see this ladies watch they did in 1967? Yeah, it looks like a <clears throat> like something out of Indiana Jones. I don't know. I talking about like 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 the world's thinnest watch at the time because that's because that because because that's what I had seen. Like the, oh no, the, I'm looking at this one from 1967 down on see. the t- down on the timeline. It's like next to a burnt out match. Um, what the fuck? Isn't it that... looks so tiny. Yeah, it, what is this? Yeah, it looks tiny but very thick. I'm not really sure what that is. Mito broke yet another barrier by launching the smallest ladies' automatic watch ever manufactured in an assembly line by gunpoint. I added that last part. <laughs> that's, that's horrible. It's a horrible show. <laughs> it does seem like they put a fair amount of dedication into also um, having a lot of ladies watches in the catalog. Well, cause it seemed like they kind of just started with that, which I think yeah. is really interesting. But at the same time, I wouldn't classify them as like a ladies watch brand. They still have these sick ass ocean stars. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what I love is that it was really like in true, in true sense of like, 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 like early 1900s, like manufacturing and brand sort of engagement like a whole encompassing sort of just like take on the watch. You know what I mean? Almost almost like Seiko-esque, obviously not, you know what I mean? Because it's just a bit different, but like that same sort of thing because I, I, I don't know how common that was to have, I guess that sort of like wide reaching just skews and product lines. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was, so this ladies watch that we're looking at, this was in like, 67 or so what i thought was really interesting is so in the timeline that i was reading on which is this this is where it gets funny none of the quartz crisis bullshit is on the Mito website no it it just goes from the 60s to like the 90s there's (laughs) one (laughs) exactly there's one there's one thing i think in the 80s about like a tennis player or some shit like wearing the watch as 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 he was like buying crackers i'm not really sure but like otherwise it's just like a void you know yeah we don't talk about that <laughs> we don't talk about that what i thought so i so i had to i had to like do research on this elsewhere what i thought was interesting was i i don't know if any of these examples still exist but around the time the quartz watches started getting prevalence like out of i think out of the states here and then obviously out of japan everything like that mito tried to do something you know what i mean try to sort of compete with quartz watches but just it just obviously ended up not working and they were 
just swallowed up by Swatch during the Quartz Crisis, as so many of these brands were. You know what hmm. I mean? So many great, like, legacy Swiss brands were just, like, swallowed up by Swatch. But what I love is when Swatch acquired them, they did nothing. That's what I saw. They didn't do shit for, like, 10 or 15 years. It's kind of like Invicta and Glycine. Is know. that what's I, happening? Oh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with that company. They just bought it and they're <laughs> sitting on it. That's just, I just thought that was so interesting. But it also, uh, in my mind, this is also how I also saw it. Swatch bought so many brands during the Quartz Crisis right. that they could afford. You just don't really worry about some. You know what I mean? Yeah. These, are my, these are my emergency fund brands. You know? Did you see this thing that they're recognized as one of the top 10 producers of certified chronometers i did not see that like like today like these days today yeah and it's interesting that i kind of pull this what? up because just going down like an amazon like black hole for mito i oh, found yeah. the i found the mito commanders blue dial it looks like like a modern sporty dress watch 868 bucks Cost cost chronometer certified. Jesus. Yeah. And apparently in 2013, where is it? Manufactured 61,358 autom automatic movements. Their own movements? Well, they're swatch movements. Okay. Oh, yeah. 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 I, 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 I knew they modified. These days they modify edits, obviously, because they're swatch, and that's just that's what, what swatch companies do now, mostly. Yeah. Um, but that's I didn't realize. So that's so interesting. What is the drive for them these days to pursue the chronometer certification? Because that's that's tough and expensive, right? I think, no one, I think it's tough for smaller brands. I, I'm not I'm not entirely sure about the logistics uh, of sending stuff over for testing and how expensive yeah. it is. Uh, Doxa, for example, does it in really small batches. Okay. If you're a Swatch brand, you probably have uh, the connection to do it on a larger scale. <clears throat> um, but, you know, for... For 2018, for example, like if you look at that that bomb in Mercier, I think it was like a five day or or something. It was one of the cheaper watches released at SIHH. You know, on top of that, on top of the silicon construction and everything else, it was also chronometer certified. Nice. Um, it's just I don't know. To me, it's it's a nice little touch. Uh, you know, end of the day, it's just another thing to add to the spec sheet. But it it is attractive. But for me, it kind of gives insight into what, into what you think the brand might find valuable. Because well, there's, there's also a disconnect. Because these days, every time I see a Mito ad, it looks like a fashion ad. It'll yeah. be like a nicely dressed gentleman sipping espresso on like on like the Grecian coast or some bullshit. They're like, not. Like they're a, not the biggest offenders of that kind of thing. Oh, one hundred percent not. There are <laughs> there are worse. There are worse offenders out there. But. In hearing just about the watch's history and understanding that the watches, I mean, I almost get the sense that they're tools. You know what I mean? With the chronometer certification, with all of like the the waterproof, water resistance sort of, you know, bullshit that kind of goes in there. It's not the first watch I think of if I'm looking for like a nice dress watch for my vacation, but that's what the ads tell me to believe. But here but 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 here's my point. Do you think 
Do you think anyone would give a shit if they knew, if someone was in the market to buy a dress watch, do you think they would give a fuck if it was chronometer certified or not? My, my, my gut says no. So why do it? Not the average person, no. The average person wouldn't, wouldn't give a shit. I barely give a shit. And we have a watch podcast. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so for me, I don't know if it's maybe, maybe they just, they just do it just because for the hell of it. Maybe they're still, maybe they see it as like a selling point. You know what I mean? But what I what I'm really just blown away by also is just the pricing of the pieces for the history, um, for, I guess for the chronometer sort of certification. It's just it's just really cool. What I love is I was looking at that um, titanium Ocean Star, titanium Ocean Star, eighty hour power reserve, six hundred bucks on mm -hmm. like Amazon and like other like third party websites and stuff. I think it I think I think it retails like MSRPs for like a thousand. Yeah, yeah, you can you can find a significant discount, um, kind of, on the street pricing or whatever, on the streets, dog. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Head over to Lafayette, man, or whatever. I don't know what the fuck it is. Um, hold on, what's up? My cat's here. Can I help you, sweetie? No. I'm trying to talk about Mito. <laughs> what? Did you show over one of your teethies? Good cat. But um. I'm looking really hard at that Ocean Star, that titanium one I told you about. I don't know why I'm I'm quite I'm quite smitten with it. I like the dressier ones. Uh, I I think it was really yeah. I think it was a few years ago they came out with uh, the Baroncelli. I was gonna ask you if you knew <laughs> Baroncelli. It's pronounced Baroncelli. I don't know how to put. I don't know how to. I saw that. I literally did the same thing you did when I first saw it. Like Bar. <laughs> Berencelli, I don't know how to say Berencelli, Berencelli, Berencelli. Yeah, we'll go with that. I don't know. I have no idea what that watch is, but like it's the it's like only six millimeters thick. Um, I don't know. I don't know how thick it is. Uh, let's take let's take a look. Uh, the case. Really, this can't be right. Edge of my seat, dude. What what's it say? No way. 6.95 millimeters? That can't yes. be. Yes. That that I saw that's I saw the same thing too. It's incredibly thin. That cannot be. Well, we'll have to investigate that. <laughs> it might it might be riding on the wave of the world's smallest ladies watch from the 60s that they did, right? Yeah. This is this is more of a you, you probably did you see the rose gold one? It's like kind of kind of rose gold with a textured dial. Um, yeah. sword sword hands. Yeah. The the Baroncelli text is a little weird. It's like not centered with the heritage under, and that's kind of irritating. The date window is also not framed, as that looks kind of. But it's a nice watch. It's um. This is so backwards because usually I like the dress watch, and you like the and you like <laughs> the diver or something like that. Well, the one that really caught my eye this year, and I wasn't expecting it until I saw people posting photos from from Basel World. Because when I saw the press materials, the photos were really bad. Okay. <laughs> so, sorry, Mito. <laughs> but they came out with a watch called the Mito Commander Shade. Have you seen that one? I have not. Yeah, Mito Commander Shade. It's uh, stainless steel. Once again, dressy, sporty kind of watch with the this like pebble case look. Um 37 millimeters wide, 10.45 millimeters thick. And the dial finish reminds me of 
some of the late 70s, early 80s Gibson Les Paul Silverburst guitars. Have you seen those? <laughs> I'm pulling up a picture of this watch right now. I'm trying to look for it. Hold on. Mito Commander Shade. Yeah. It's a it's pretty sweet. And I think it's 875. And uh the the it's like a Milanese mesh bracelet oh, that looks this, super this thing super is slim. Awesome. Yeah, and that could be way more expensive than like if I feel like if I was looking at something like that from Rado, for example, that could be really expensive. Dude, but, if Seiko made this, it'd be five thousand dollars. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's a very cool looking piece that's that only what eight eight hundred bucks you said is it is that 800 asking 870 yeah 870 in steel and also so at 37 millimeters it doesn't really have lugs it probably wears more like a 36 or 35 even that's so cool but it looks i don't know it looks to me it looks really cool big like huge like date day date window almost reminds me of like a visa date yeah um yeah i could just totally fun, see that just fun and different you know I, i'm interested to see i guess how things keep going like how the brand keeps trying to progress some of these pieces i wish they changed the visual marketing because if i have to see some other fucking svelte looking motherfucker sipping espresso in paris I'm, I'm gonna lose my goddamn mind like, I'm, I'm just gonna go insane they're a little like, they're a little unfocused um Yes, in in their kind of image, and also in the way that they release things, uh, and communicate these new releases. Because just on the site, I might have gotten like one email about this, but it it was very vague and not too informative. There's a Mito Multifort GMT coming out this year. I saw some like renders or press photos. <laughs> it looks awesome. Yeah. This right? thing, this thing looks badass. It's like a, it's like a twin crown sort yes. of sport watch with the internal GMT bezel. Almost the the little red GMT hand reminds me of what I'd see on the Seiko Navigator World Timer, and the same same goes for the internal bezel. Nice. I'm gonna keep my eye on this. Let me see. This it looks. I, I'm I totally forgot about the beast until you bring the, until you brought it up. But it's interesting. So that's part of the multi fort line. That's part of like the original piece that really got that really took off in the 30s. The multi fort sort of. It looks just like that whole like twin crown sport watch we see in that in that ad that was up there. It's so cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, see, re- that's really the, nice. That's super, I'm very interested to see what happens with the brand. I I I, I want to see what happens with this multi fort piece. Um, also, suggested retail price is twelve fifty, but if that thing comes on Amazon and it's uh, stainless steel automatic GMT for under a thousand, I'm getting it's go- it. <laughs> it's, it's gonna go on. It's easy gonna go under a thousand bucks. Yeah, it's gonna be like eight hundred bucks or whatever on Amazon. Yeah, shit, man. We may have to. It, it, it may have to make our our affordable GT list or GMT re- uh, list, right? Yeah, that's insane though. Yeah, that piece looks pretty cool. I, I'm, I'm still, I'm still quite smitten with this, uh, this titanium ocean star. I don't know. I don't know the, why. The be- titanium is a little more, right? We, we, we decided. It's like uh, eighty bucks more than the stainless steel. Okay. You can get the stainless, you can get the stainless steel one for like five sixty ish, I think, and you can get the titanium one for like six fifty, six forty, something like that. That's still nuts. It's incredible. Well, the thing is what I love. So like the titanium watches that I've, I've held, there's always, not always, but like sometimes there's been like a strange, just, just, just like 
discrepancy with the size of the watch and you pick it up and it's super light. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I feel like for some reason this Ocean Star balances it really well because, okay, so it's 42 millimeters. I think it's 49 lug to lug, but it's only 12 millimeters thick or just under 12 millimeters thick. It's quite thin, mm. I feel like, for a dive watch. Yeah, you know? it's pretty thin. I don't know why, but I feel like the titanium would work really, really well with that. Yeah. Why are so many of these watches thin? I guess it's like a thing. I mean, that that's that's definitely a thing. Um you know, there is there is kind of like a actually there's there's a race happening right now to make like thin watches again between like Piaget and uh, a couple other brands. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Seiko and Citizen have everyone beat. Doesn't doesn't Seiko do that like 1.3 millimeter thick watch or whatever or well, movement? Citizen Citizen has like an Eco Drive that looks like, you know, some some watch websites have an option. It's like oh, print out the watch, like print it out and cut it out and try it on your wrist. Have you seen that on like some dealers? No. <laughs> well, anyways, that citizen looks like you printed it out and then cut it out and then put it on your wrist. <laughs> it's like a sheet of paper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like the thinnest light-powered movement uh, ever. Yeah, sorry, guys. Citizen, citizen might have y'all beat again. <laughs> again, Michael. Just yeah. throwing it out there, man. But the history, the history of, of, of Mito is it's interesting. I'm definitely getting the sense that Maybe they're trying to, especially with that, with that, what was that watch called? The 37 millimeter one that looks like that, 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 that visor date. What was it called again? The commander shade. That commander shade. I feel like with the watch like that, you know what I mean? And just sort of some of these other releases, maybe they're trying to like lean on their history a little, or, or maybe the swatch folks are trying to figure out how they can capitalize on the history. I think my takeaway would be let's, let's rethink the visual marketing. You know what I mean? And maybe just, I don't know create some better u.s outreach because i think i think they do good outreach elsewhere don't they yeah dude if we're like if people as uh, mentally ill as as we are um <laughs> don't know speak, speak for yourself nerd <laughs> don't know about mito <laughs> and we do this stuff like every day right like how does the average person like I, I don't know. Like, even if your kid is like graduating high school, it's like, oh, I'm gonna get him a Mito. Said no one ever. Yeah. Um. I think. I think the. I think first people's interactions will be if they're on Instagram, and they see an ad, of some guy treating it like a dress watch, and they think to themselves, "Oh, I have enough dress watches." Are there Mito boutiques? I don't know. I don't. I mean, I, let me let me let me Google it. I don't think if there is a Mito boutique, it's like the it's like the Timex boutique in Target, <laughs> <laughs> which I love. I love saying that so much. Uh, Mito boutique. Are we both googling it? Yeah. Well, I mean, I I'm impressed to get search results for their online store. Good on them for adopting e-commerce. There um, you go. Google Images pulls up some, yeah, some boutiques. Malaysia. Oh, Malaysia. Yeah. Galleria de Fotos. Fuck is this? Maybe this is just a thing where there's more uh, effort and outreach in uh, just outside of North America in general. So this 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 is also a really good opportunity to get just get feedback from the listeners, you guys. If you know or if you live in a country where Medio has a big presence, let us know because we've done this in the past where we've been like, "Oh, you know, blah 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 bland, blah, blah 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 brand is barely here. Is it anywhere else? And like people will be like, yeah, I'm in X Y Z country. It's fucking all over this joint. So like, Orient, if you, Orient and Spain, yeah. 
I think yes. it was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that sounds that sounds right. I have a very bad memory. That sounds right. So if if you guys know, if currently right now, today, tonight, if Mido is popular somewhere, either you just know where it is or it's popular in your country, totally let us know what's up. You can you can respond in the comments of the show on the Two Book Watch Knobs website, twobookwatchknobs.com. Um, or you can just leave us a comment on the show graphic on our Instagram, at twobookwatchknobs. Or you can email us, tbws.contact at gmail.com. Again, tbws.contact at gmail.com. Um, and also just share an insight you have on Mido. I, you know what's funny? I don't think there are there any Mido collectors, like purposeful, not like asked down, like not not like not like I bought a box of Rolexes and someone forgot this Mido in here, but like, like like specific, I only collect Mido's. I don't think there's anyone like that. I don't. I'm not sure, and I'm also noticing that there aren't any Mido brand ambassadors. Are you saying there's a vacancy? <laughs> <laughs> like there's no, there's no like basketball player or something that there, I mean, that's such a good point actually. Well, who would be, they'd probably have, it'd probably be some like silver screen celebrity or whatever, you know what I mean? Who would do it just, just based off like their visual ads, the way they are. But that's interesting. Cause yeah, I feel like most other brands, you can figure it out. Like Tiso, I know, I know Tiso and the NBA is huge. Well, this is funny right on the homepage, actually, okay. if you just scroll down a little bit, they have Robbie, our ambassador. And the robot? Yeah. And it kind of, there's another little tiny section that takes you through some of his history. And now there's a modern version. Oh my God. Fuck my mouth. Where? I have to, I'm, I'm getting back on the Wi Fi. Connection be damned. <laughs> I have to Google this. <laughs> Robbie, the Mido. No, not Robbie, the emergency balance. What does that mean? Uh, Robbie the Mido. Just, just go to the homepage. Just go to the Mido homepage, and right, right under the slider, the first little tile, is okay. Robbie our ambassador. And uh, there, there it is, Robbie our ambassador. And if you scroll all the way down, it looks like a modern launch event of some kind, and you have these these two guys uh, standing next oh to the my. robot. It literally hasn't changed. I thought it would at least look. I thought I thought, I thought they'd give it like 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 aerodynamic spoilers or like an airstream. It looks like the same fucking robot. We should find <laughs> out. We should. Oh, he's got a bow tie now. He's got. A, I have. I I have one thing to say to this. Suck it, MBNF. Suck it. All right. <laughs> this robot. <laughs> don't don't they? Doesn't MBF have some stupid robot for like four hundred thousand dollars or whatever? Yeah, they have several. It'll like it'll like make you fries and kill your hookers. It yeah, look, this, it looks this thing like is way cooler. It looks like they've published possibly either stories or graphic novels as well oh called God. The Adventures of Mito in America. Oh no. Published between 1951 and 1958. Le, les Adventures de Mito en Amérique, Mito's Aventure <laughs> in America. Oh my God, this is incredible. Oh my God. I love there's one of him wearing an Indiana Jones hat with like a torch. Yes. <laughs> and he's got the whip. <laughs> he's got the whip. Watch family, you have no idea how incredible this is. Okay. Mito doesn't need your fucking Tom Brady and brand ambassadors. Mito's got fucking Roby. Alright, dude. Or Robbie, whatever the fuck his name is. The robot. The the, the whip slinging, break dancing, bow tie wearing, fucking less rapey robot of Bender lookalikes. Alright? <laughs> this guy is incredible. 
I love how in the modern one, he's got the big date on his chest. On the watch clock, he's got the big date on it. Yeah, it because says, one of says, the flagship this year was the Commander Big Date for the oh, 100th, right. 100th anniversary. Yeah, you think you, you think you think it's Tom Brady in that suit in this robot suit? <laughs> it's a little short, I think. <laughs> <laughs> is is he tall? I have no I have, I have no idea how tall that guy is. Becky would know. She's from Massachusetts. <laughs> no, I think he's tall. I think the robot's short. Oh, the robot's short. Second <laughs> robot. But yeah, dude. Yeah, this is this is incredible. I we have our answer. R- R- Robbie is the Mito brand ambassador. Maybe we can get Robbie on the show. Mito, uh, Mito, if you're listening, uh, o- Ola, Ola Braz, Ola Hermanos. I don't know. Um, I think the others. Well, I said I said I said another Spanish phrase earlier. I said los 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 perros de los muertos, muertos for the dead dog. <laughs> Which I don't even think is like proper proper grammatical Spanish, but that was the first thing I thought of. <laughs> they came back to the dog. But yeah, let's get let's let's get Robbie on the show. Let's get Robbie on the show. Let's get him on the show. Let's see. Let's let's let, let's get Robbie in on a wrist check or or, or a chest check, as is the case here. <laughs> God damn. Yeah, you guys, if anyone collects fucking meadows or if you have someone in your collection, let us know what's up. If you have any more insight on just some of the things we talked about, that would be incredible. It's just such an interesting brand that I've sort of fallen in love with as I've been researching. Like I'm really into this fucking Ocean Star. These these uh these these Badancelli, Badancelli heritage. Those look pretty cool. They're super thin, man. I think they are that thin. You know? It's crazy. Six six millimeters, six point three millimeters, whatever, you know, whatever it was. Um let me think. Let me close this out. I'm just closing windows on my computer. But yeah, that's just it's. I'm interested to learn just more. Like I'm gonna do more research because I want to make I want to make another watch purchase this watch purchase this year in like the six or seven hundred dollar range. Because I'm, I'm still wedding poor. I am I am so wedding poor, you guys. And I didn't even have an expensive wedding. <laughs> I had an eight. I had an eighteen person wedding. All right, but I had the Disney, so I guess you know that's how that's how it comes you know comes from. But I I want to do like a like a nice six seven hundred dollar watch purchase. I might do this Mido. I don't know why. I'm just I'm just kind of taken with it. I kind of want to see it in person though. Maybe I should fly to Malaysia to see. Yeah, it. yeah, that's what you're gonna have to do. <laughs> Spend two thousand bucks to fly <laughs> and buy a seven hundred dollar watch because I don't want to spend too much money this year. I mean, I haven't, I haven't even seen them at like Macy's or like those places. I, that, I yeah, I, there's a store. Isn't there a, there's a store finder on their website. Let's use it. Yeah, we can use it. Let's use it in real time. Watch fam. Los, Los Peros de los, de los Muertos. It's fucked up. Points, points. It's okay. So it's listed under points of sale. Country slash region. Andorra. Where the hell's Andorra, dude? I thought that was like a Star Trek planet. It does sound like it, right? Okay, so here I'm in the United States. Um, it looks like random jewelers, jewelry, watch boutique. Oh, there's a watch boutique. Is it in Seattle? Where? <laughs> Cabazon, Cabo, Cabazon, C A B A Z O N. The fuck is that, dude? Sounds like Cabazon, which is also a Spanish word. 
Oh, for God's sakes, Mito, get your get your fucking act together. Are you Swiss or Spanish, dude? <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, I'm gonna have to Google where's Cabazon. Cabaz. Cabazon. California. I must sound like I must sound like a fucking idiot. It's in <laughs> California. Okay. So there is a there is a there is a there might be a Mito boutique. I'm googling it now. Premium outlets. It might be. Is it? Is it a Mito outlet? Who knows? By the way, the imagery on Instagram is not congruent with what you see on the website. Um, there, there's Maybe. like a mix of like sporty dudes like doing like I don't know what is it manly stuff. What is that sport where the they just do the Prince of Persia stuff and they run on buildings? Parkour. Yes, yeah, guys doing that. I was about to say capoeira. How, how, <laughs> how do you do, fighting. fellow kids? <laughs> yeah, there's guys doing that, and then you scroll up to the launch party, and there's like girls with cleavage taking <laughs> funny selfies. Are you and, on the Mito Watches USA Instagram, or are you on the Mito Watch Instagram? Oh, just Mito Watches. Because there's a Mito Watch USA, which does not have uh. a lot of followers at all. So now I'm on Mito Watch, uh, like the main one. Okay, this guy's not doing parkour. This guy's walking on a railing. I did this when I was two. All right. <laughs> this is not hard. Oh, what's the What's the caption say? Face the urban jungle with style and never lose time. Ugh, I'm not buying a Mito. That's that's this is ridiculous. You cannot. <sighs> Mito, get your get your fucking axe together. This is ridiculous. This is what happens when you lay off the marketing department and nobody's working <laughs> there for years. I'm not saying that's what happened there, but. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not saying that's what happened, but that's what happened. <laughs> it's, it's a little more common than you think. <laughs> Man, this, this multi-four GMT is nuts. Beautiful. Uh, so can we safely say that we know nothing about Beto? But I know a little bit more now. We know a little bit more now. I think we know a little bit. I think we, we know enough to be able to get on the path of making an informed decision. You I'm gonna keep. I'm, I'm going to keep my eye on this GMT. Keep your eye on that GMT. I'm gonna seriously keep considering that um that Ocean Star as my as my oh, as a cat. cat cat bells sorry as my uh six seven hundred dollar purchase uh, this year. I don't know. Um, hold on one second. What is happening back here? My cat my cat created like a roach worn nest out of like a plastic bag, <laughs> and so she's just rolling around in it. I might, I might get that Ocean Star. I don't know. I'm just, I'm, call, I'm, I'm called to it for some reason. The titanium one because it's really cool. Actually, I love that watch because it's gray with like orange accents. But it's like the brand, it's like the, it's like the branded Mito orange. Mm. You know what I mean? Nice. It's pretty cool, man. But um, should we start rounding out? I mean, I don't. I definitely have so much more to learn about Mito, but I feel like we have a really good starting spot. I, I really hope that we've given you guys, the watch family, that same sort of knowledge. If this was never on your radar before, um, we hope you know that this kind of just helps give you perspective. If you were interested before and you want to learn more, same thing. Hope this really you know was just educational for everyone. Um, I think the brand really could be awesome. They just need to get their shit together. Yeah. Right? No more, no more fake parkour. No more chicks doing selfies, right? <laughs> Just sell me watches. Don't sell me like a fucking fake ass experience. Just sell me a fucking watch, dude. You know? Huh. <sighs> yeah, but this is sell this me is... sell sell me Robbie. Sell me Robbie <laughs> the Mito robot. 
All right. This is when we open it up to the audience and you guys can chime in. But I think it's it's a good time to to wind down. Man, okay, so I'll do um I'll do recap uh but, 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 episode seventy seven watch brands we knew nothing about talked about Mido a lot that was super cool yo Mido I measure I did not know that that was pretty rock and roll um really interesting brand really fun history odd odd current state of affairs but still apparently making really cool watches they just don't know how to tell people about it um in addition to that huge shout out to everyone that I hung out with in San Francisco huge shout outs to Cameron Laz Geekster Eric Strickland. Um, Chronoplaid, huge shout out to G- GTS Derek specifically for showing me the promised land, showing me the Disney Family Museum. That was fucking rock and roll. That was so cool, man. I, I was I was literally trying not to lose my shit at the end. I'm not crying. You're crying. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it was quite quite heavy. Um, let me think. What else? Uh, talked about Mito. Shout San Francisco. Um, Huge thank you to everyone that's been contributing content for the website. Shout out to, um, I can't remember people's names right now, but go and check out the website. Um, Greg, ooh, I'm going to mess it up. Bedrosian? Watch GB. Watch GB wrote, um, <laughs> sorry guys, what, a really, really fun article. Uh, really, really cool, just sort of like straightforward guide on how to turn one watch into basically multiple watches with the use of watch straps. Uh, the the watch that he used for the example was the very cool Seiko SNZ-17. F7, I, think it's the, I think it's the Seiko Sea Urchin, technically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Really, really cool. It's actually really fun. Like, he has, like, outfit pairings, and, like, it's 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 worth reading, scrolling through. It's a lot of fun, especially if you are, like, a one-watch person and you're just kind of curious about your options. Um, also, I mentioned Fred Nicholas earlier. Huge shout-out to Fred Nicholas. Huge shout-out also to um, to Casey. He wrote a really, really... I can't remember if I talked about it before. A really incredible article on the Seiko 7A2A7010, the first Seiko Quartz analog watch. Is that how it works? Analog chronograph, mm-hmm. right? Yep. That, that thing is incredible. He's got some really fun photos. He also has probably one of the best executed pocket shots I've ever seen in my life from like from like a regular like user like us. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I, I still don't know how people do that without like breaking their arms, you know? Uh, no, you, you, you have to, you make your wife do it. Oh, that's so smart. <laughs> oh, where's my wife? Oh, she's at work, whatever. I'll just go and bother her at work. Baby, take a picture of my wrist. This is important. It's stronger than our marriage. Um, go check out the website. Really, really, really cool. Uh, we're updating it all the time. In addition to that, if you enjoyed the show, if we made you laugh, if you had a good time, if we made your commute even your morning commute even a little more enjoyable, or if we made your desk experience um, just more tolerable, if you laughed out loud even once and scared everyone around you, Please go and consider checking out our Patreon page. You can read about, um, you know, sort of like how we want to grow, keep growing the show. I want to keep growing the website, what our plans are for this year. You know, just talking about where um, our, our kind of focus is. Um, and also, if you feel so inclined, you can donate to the show. Um, all donations go to just basically growing the show and making it even more cool for you guys. Oh, also on the Patreon are our Patreon episodes. We also do... I guess technically another podcast. Michael, we do too much shit. Can I just talk about that? We do a lot of shit, dude. Yes, right? we do. <laughs> we do a lot, a lot of shit. There's another podcast on Patreon, the Two Work Watch Nights Patreon specials. Right now, there's two episodes up there. Raketa Big Zero Buying Guide and Michael talking about his harrowing, 
harrowing Dantean experience purchasing the Speedmaster. The, 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 the series of events that led up to the purchase of this really, really cool Speedmaster. Um, the third episode will be up soon on there as well. Um, and they're free to listen to. You don't have to donate or whatever. Um, but obviously, if you want to donate, just know that it goes to making the show great. And giveaways. Watch giveaways are always fun. We have some coming up soon, so stay tuned. Um, ba -ba -ba -ba. Mido, Robbie the Robot. Am I missing anything? No. Can't wait to hear from it. everyone. Really looking forward to hearing from you guys. Yeah, if you guys collect Mitos, if you know anyone who has Mitos, or if you even just have one fucking Mito, let us know what's up. If you want to just talk about the history of the watch, or if you have anything else to share, totally let us know what's up. Um, comment on the website where the post goes up. Comment on our Instagram or email at tbws.contact.gmail.com. Again, tbws.contact.gmail.com. Man, I'm losing my breath. Um, I think we're good. Is it that sad? Is it that sad, sad time? It is. Let's go. Let's let's go off air and then let's go buy each other um be Ben and Jellies. Let's buy each other. <laughs> sounds um, like we're get, sounds like we're getting ice cream together. I was gonna fun. say it sounds. Like it sounds like, <laughs> yeah, I want to do that. <laughs> yeah, she does sound very nice, actually. Oh my god! All so, right, here some, some Barrichello with sprinkles. See some. I'll, I'll, I would love some 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 limoncello some limoncello Barrichello. I think that would just be. <laughs> I don't even, you know what's funny? It's, it, it, I don't even know if it's an Italian word or not. Maybe it's like a Spanish word or a Portuguese word. I don't fucking know, dude. Yeah, we're, we're, it, we're clearly going to offend somebody this time. So It <laughs> looks very Italian. <laughs> B-A-R-O-N-C-E-L-L-I. Berencelli. Cielli. You got to lean into it, Michael. Cielli. Can you do that? Cielli. You can't do that. Selly. Selly. Owned it. Oh, do like a boss, Baron Selly. I'll take one Baron Selly with limoncello, please. Uh, all right, that's that time. I'll let you start. I'll let you start the outro. <laughs> this was fun. Thanks for listening, everyone. My name is Mike. This is Kaz. You've been listening to Two Boke Watch Stops. Later.